0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all of the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using code TBPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get on all of the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code TBPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code TBPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Bringing you the latest edition of the Ruler of the Court podcast Yeah, 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 much better mood around the Kings these days Since the last time I spoke to you when the Kings went out and just pretty much embarrassed themselves And lost by 49 Back-to-back wins against teams fighting for playoff position Or in this case, teams fighting to not be in the playing tournament Something that the Kings had their sights set on couple of weeks ago but you know you lose nine in a row you kind of take yourself out the playoff mix but kings go down to la beat the lakers then come back and win at dallas so the now suddenly spoiler kings are on a roll even as the injuries piled up uh, tyrese halliburton went down with a knee injury uh sunday at dallas He's getting an MRI, MRI on Monday, should I say. And the team doesn't think it's a serious injury. You know, maybe you know, just more of precautionary thing to get the MRI, but we'll know more at some point on Monday. Nevertheless, Kings of One now, have now won two in a row. And just kind of they had an alternating win, so now they, they put together back to back wins just with this depleted lineup. And the most impressive thing to me is haven't been around this team as long as I have. I'm very accustomed to this part of the season being the part where guys don't care. The intensity seems to wane. You start to see a lot of slippage. You know, you know, teams who are playing for something will routinely come in and slap the kings around a little bit. You know, as they build toward the postseason, meanwhile, as the Kings build toward the lottery and that's still the case now i mean the kings are still they haven't been mathematically eliminated i know but yeah they're, they're lottery bound but i think it is important that the team for once actually finishes strong and puts together some good play as opposed to going out like they did in the bubble like they did the year the season before as we used to say growing up going out like a willy really lump lump and the kings have taken their lumps Sure enough, to end many seasons, and for me, a few a uh, few things stand out about about this. Like I said, number one, they're still fighting. I know it should be a given that professional athletes should always be fighting, but a lot of times you don't see that fight. And the way the Utah game went, you began to wonder, okay, are we headed to that part of the season where? And the Kings are just going to say, you know what, it's over. We, you know, we'll take we'll take whatever you know comes our way, whether they be L's or you know. Hey, let's let's know. let's just try to get to the get to vacation in the off season as soon as possible. But they're not doing that, and to me, that says uh, two things. One, it speaks to the character of the group because I've said all year, I don't uh, for the most part. I've never really questioned the, the, the group's effort. I've always questioned the the lack of talent or the lack of depth on the team. And I believe that the lack of depth contributed to a lot of their problems this season. When you've got to use five or six guys and play them all 30-plus minutes and you don't have much support behind those guys and, and the way the roster is made up, you're going to have those up-and-down moments Just because eventually guys you know, I know they're pro athletes, and some of you don't believe this, but you no know, guys get tired. So I think it does uh, <clears throat> say a lot that this group, even while they're down at this point, De'Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, and like I said, and then possibly without Tyree Halliburton for some time, to go out there and show the fight, to show the resolve, speaks to the character of the group, and. You can I believe when you have if you if you begin to build a team out and get more guys like this, you know, get that mindset mentality in your locker room, you can then start to seriously talk about turning things around. And before, I don't know if you've you know, had enough of that in this locker room to really talk about rebuilding or turning it around. You're just kind of this building it wasn't even rebuilding, you were just you know stagnant so perhaps this is a good sign for them and secondly to me it speaks to the faith the players having the coaching staff i know uh in sacramento it's popular to want to run luke walton and his staff out of town does you know kick rocks you know i think for some of y'all it's been that way from the moment luke was hired but it says something to me that this group has not mailed it in on this staff. And some of these guys were on the same team in 2019. You know, the 39-win team, the team that so many people that I speak to like hold as now the gold standard, which is <laughs> fucking hilarious. They hold a team that was nine games at the playoffs as a gold standard. It's proof they were getting, you know, things were turning around. They really weren't. But... Those guys collectively I didn't think they put up a fight for Dave Yeager at the end. So to see them put up a fight now to me speaks to the that the fact I mean it's something that I've known already, but these guys have not quit on their on their coaching staff. And what that means for Luke's future, who knows? But I think it's a good sign that without two of your key leaders that the rest of the group is galvanized and still believing in what's being taught and carrying it onto the court. And it's amazing too, how when you, you you, get, you know, you get, you know, down some players, all of a sudden the principles defensively that the Kings have talked about, about being scrappy, being aggressive, doing all those things. You're starting to see more of that, you know, like the, like the desperation is now there and it's, you know, it took a while to get to start seeing more of it, but, you know, at least you're seeing something now. And now that you're seeing something, I believe that you can start to say, okay, maybe we've got some things to work on. The roster's going to need some upgrades still. You know, you're still going to need some help, some development. You know, you'll need the players you have on the team to get better, you know, particularly your younger guys, De'Aaron, Tyrese, you know, Marvin Bagley, who I'll get to in a little bit. But you need, you need all of that to eventually turn this thing around. I mean, you tie the record for missing the playoffs 15 straight years this season. And I wouldn't be surprised to see them surpass it in 2016. I mean, not 2016, or get to year 16 of missing the playoffs next year. But perhaps this can be the beginning of something a little better. Well, we'll see, you know. And I want to follow that up with moments uh, like Sunday remind me why I am anti-tanking. Why I am against the notion of teams, or particularly this team, tanking. A couple of reasons why. One, before the injury, you know, Tyrese Halliburton is getting valuable experience running a team. And eventually, if this team is to be good at some point... It might be Tyrese running the team with De'Aaron Fox playing more of an off-guard attacking role. That's not, you know, that's not unforeseeable. You know, depending on who you talk to around the league, that might be the way the Kings need to go if they are to eventually become a playoff team in whatever, two, three, four years down the road. And that's crazy to think that if you're talking about three years, De'Aaron could go, would be in what, year seven. And to, before he finally hits the playoffs, that would be crazy. But, hey, we've seen crazy around SAC for a while. But, <laughs> you know, but these games mean a lot for a guy like Tyrese. And then when he goes down, De'Lon Wright steps right in running the team. And... Like I said, with that, these are just t- moments in time that this team really needs as it evaluates this roster, see where guys fit, and you see the value of having another guy who can be a creator, you know, Delon Wright is a you know a combo guy who can create and he can get you know he can get his own offense. So I think that these are moments you wouldn't get if the team had gone to what some folks suggested of. Just throw everyone young on the court, you know, which I think is a trash way of playing basketball, a trash way to run an organization. And I don't hope, hope the basketball guys do not reward teams to do that, where they just let their team, their young guys just get their heads beat in for the sake of development, which is whatever. You know, you do what you want to do, but I just don't like it. So I think those, those that's one reason you don't tank. And secondly, another reason is you look at what Marvin Bagley was able to do Sunday. 23 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists. You know, playing meaningful minutes against a team that's trying to make the playoffs. This is what Marvin needs more of. And he needs to be able to see that playing the right way and doing so within the team construct can lead to wins. And as he builds himself up for the future. And I know, I know a lot of you are ready to move on from Marvin. You're tired, you know, it's year three, all the injuries. You're, you're sick of Marvin. Kind of unfair, but I I hear the sentiment of it's time to move on. But as of now, and I'm still, and I'm operating under the assumption Marvin will be on the team next season, largely due to, I don't think, Unless Monty McNair decides to move Marvin for next to nothing, I don't think that they're going to get the type of compensation they would like for someone who was the second overall pick in the 2018 draft. So, Marvin needs these, these last few games to show that the improvements he was making before his injury haven't completely fallen off. And that he's building towards something, also for the future, and... Perhaps, you know, and uh, perhaps the most telling sign of uh, Marvin's mindset, you know, came from, of course, the uh, Team Bagley Twitter account. And the same account that back in January asked the Kings to trade Marvin t- <laughs> tweeted, it was kind of made me chuckle, uh, t- you know, NBA 2021 NBA playoff Sacramento Kings. So. You don't tweet that if you don't think Marvin's going to be around. And I'm pretty sure there have been, you know, after all the discussions, the trade talks, Marvin's name being in trade, rumors and discussions, people around the league telling me that Marvin is available, but the market is not there. Yeah, perhaps what happened at the deadline and after that helped Marvin. You know, it made him come back and play. In a way that will benefit himself and the team going forward. But yeah, that was a very funny thing for me to see. You know, the team Bagley account weighing in and including Marvin still a part of the king. So there you have it with that. Marvin is is still a king. And I was really happy to see him the way he played last night because... For all the crap he takes from, you know, people who who, who talk about him, the people who, who question his relationship with his dad and his dad too involved, all, all that stuff, I've always gotten the sense that Marvin wants to be a good player. And Marvin cares about the game deeply. So I'm not surprised that he didn't mail it in, you know, and say, you know what, I just don't feel right. I don't want to risk getting injured. How about I just sit these last eight, nine games out? Instead, Marvin is going out there. And he's doing... and Showing... That he can... You know, he can be an important part of this team. And to me, the... The the biggest thing that happened um, in Dallas was... As the game progressed, you got the coaching staff actually calling plays to get the ball to Marvin. And most of this season... You know, this team didn't run stuff for Marvin. Marvin had to kind of get what he got just in the flow of the offense, off of driving kicks, you know, putbacks. Maybe he'll get the ball in an isolation situation on the block. But largely, Marvin's offense has not been through design. And last night, you saw the, the Kings begin to run more stuff for him. And show the trust that if we run these things, Marvin's going to make the right decision. And that always hasn't been the case with the coaching staff and Marvin. You know, there was always this feeling that if you gave the ball to Marvin, (laughs) the ball was never coming back out again. And, you know, he had a stretch where he just didn't have an assist. And you're saying, how does he not get an assist? But, you know, he had three. And I don't expect, you know, Marvin Bagley to be Jokic you know, on the block, passing the ball, getting triple doubles. But you're starting to see signs of evolution and growth in his game. It's important to remember Marvin still is a young player, especially given he's missed so much time. I mean, he's in his third season, but he's barely above, you know, 100 games for his career. And still the most games he's played in the season were his rookie year, 62. And he won't get, you know, he clearly won't get to that this year. He only played 13 last year. So we're talking about a guy who, you know, has barely played over 100 games in his career. And he's got a lot of time to improve, a lot of time to grow. So that's what—that's another reason why I'm anti-tanking. You know, some of you would rather see <laughs> the Kings just sit Marvin and save him and maybe just play a guy like Chemezi Metu. Who, has, who, who, before he injured himself you know, uh, on a hard fall against the Lakers, has showed some flashes, but there are levels to this, and let's not kid ourselves. Yo, there's a reason why Marvin Bagley was the second overall pick in the draft. Whether he should, you believe he should have been or shouldn't, there's a reason, cause it, and, and largely due to his talent. So I would say let Marvin play. Luke Walton went through his men's restriction um, Sunday in Dallas, good thing Marvin's young. I'm no doctor, but yeah, I don't want to hear about men's restrictions anymore. Let Marvin play, let him get going, and see what you can get these last few games. They'll have an interesting matchup when they get to Indiana this week. Uh, Demontis Sabonis is out there, all-star level power forward. That'll be a good test of where Marvin is. Largely due to this because Marvin doesn't isn't the strongest guy yet. Some of that will come with maturity and his age. And something that's not talked about with Marvin's strength a lot is Marvin worked really hard in the off season to get stronger. And then he had COVID, which was a setback before he got back on the court. So perhaps, you know, Marvin will get stronger again in the off season. He will you know, be able to avoid sickness and come back a much, you know, physically ready, you know, physically stronger guy, which I think will help his defense. It'll help his offense, too, but it'll help his defense, too, if he can be a stronger guy. So, I think that's all I got on Marvin for y'all. Just wanted to touch on those things, give you my perspective, you know, as someone who has seen a lot, knows a lot, and, like, I just really think this is the, the way you want to close the season for this group. It's what this group needs. And we'll just wait for word on Tyrese Halliburton. See if if he's going to miss much time, if any. I'd be surprised if he played at Oklahoma City just because the team has been extremely cautious with injuries all season. But I'm not going to assume that he'll be out. So let's see what the Kings do with the rest of this uh, four-game trip. They're off to a 2-0 start. You get one more win on this trip. It's a 3-1 trip. That's not bad. Not bad, especially considering that of all of of the four teams you're playing, three of them have legit playoff slash play-in tournament aspirations. Then you got Oklahoma City, which just lost by, like, 57 points or something last week. Yeah. They gave up a triple-double to Sabonis in the first half. And not like a, you know, 10-10-10. It was, like, 22-11. You know, like... Like he got buckets too in his triple in his in his you know first half triple double, so even without the uh, all the guys available, I expect the Kings to at least fight and be competitive in OKC before they finish things up in Indiana. Okay, enough basketball talk. You know I know none of you came here for that. You're here for the jason jones the jay jones hip-hop you know portion of the show where i tend to give much probably maybe too much love to music from my era 90s hip-hop and i'm this week or in this episode should i say i'm gonna go a l- little further back than the, in the 90s well technically it is in the 90s or at least part of it but was reflecting on the fact the Kings were in Dallas when they won and made me think about some, you know, Dallas hip-hop, you know, and people who were influential, and it brought me to the D.O.C. And if you're particularly a younger person, you may not be very familiar with the D.O.C. But... you know, at this point, I think you could call him a West Coast pioneer, even though he's from the Dallas area. But he was a big part of the the early NWA days, as you know. He was a prominent writer on the Chronic. You know, and like I said, to me, was on. You know, he was on his way to being. You know the, to me, just lyrically one of the best to ever do it before a car accident. So I just want to give you all a little history on the DLC. Um, born Tracy Lynn Curry on June tenth, nineteen sixty eight in Dallas. They'll you know, begin his his rap career as a part of the Feel of Fresh crew, a- and you know th- you know then that 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 crew. Was featured on the uh, N.W.A. and the Posse compilation You know And the N.W.A. and the Posse That compilation album kind of Set the tone and that came out in 87 That kind of set the tone for what was coming Which would soon be you know Straight Outta Compton Which would be Easy Does It There's So much was coming but that set the tone And Around that same time that no, know the DLC was a uh, ghost writing, oh, well, writing for uh, Spray out of Compton. You know he appeared on uh, Parental Discretion is Advised on that album as well. He wrote for Easy E. You know, especially early on, Easy E. You know, Ice Cube. People were writing for Easy because remember, Easy didn't get into the game as trying to be a rapper. Easy was you know was a reluctant rapper. So. He wasn't a guy who came in with a notebook full of rhymes back in the late 80s easy was you know a hustler but so you had guys like cube and the dlc who i got i say doesn't probably get all the credit he deserves for his role in building up that brand but if you want to go dive into one of the better albums of the late 80s early 90s you got to pick up the dlcs no one can do it better it's um. Uh, it wasn't. I mean, I don't want to call it G funk, but it just it was a it was a straight you know West Coast you know just just a West Coast hip hop album just from this from the presentation from the style from the from the samples and when you looked at the D O C on the album cover you couldn't have told me back then he wasn't from Compton too you know obviously we didn't you know we didn't have the internet and at that point I might have been what. When this came out I was like ten or eleven years old, so we weren't real familiar with necessarily how people looked around the world or around the country you know unless we saw him on music videos we saw him on television but with this you're able to see you know you you know when you saw D.O.C., and plus he's hanging out with uh <laughs> you know n w a so you kind of just blend in but you know just the whole. The whole album is really good It's really one of the best albums Of the Ruthless Records era And also what made that album stand out You listen to it He's not dropping like profanity all over the place And that was like an N.W.A. staple Not that N.W.A. was just fuck shit, fuck shit, fuck shit Nothing like that, no But, you know, D.L.C. That just wasn't his thing old lyrically And it would just flow And his life of course you know if people know who've seen the movie from Strat to Compton changed when he was in a uh, car accident and from what I've read you know, you know late 89 he was, in, he was in a car accident and he wasn't wearing a seatbelt you know he, uh, he crashed into a tree and it damaged his vocal cords which effectively ended his rap career yeah that didn't stop him from from being in the rap game, you know he could t- he still wrote for N.W.A. You know he did you know little voice stuff here and there on some of their stuff. You know on a hundred miles and running, and he also would then become very instrumental in the career of a young man named Calvin Broadus, better known as Snoop Doggy Dog, than just Snoop Dogg. If you listen to Snoop's interviews talking about, the he, he mentions the DLC. The DLC was essentially his instructor on how to write. And gave him so much game on move a word here, do this here, make this, do this. And to me that only adds to the legend of the DLC and what he was able to do in the hip-hop game. Because after everything went down with his accident, he didn't just kind of just fall into the background. He was able to pick himself back up and continue to contribute to... Which was, you know, one of the greatest musical movements ever, you know, and when the West Coast was, just, you know, white hot, you know, you, you, you know he contributes on "Straight Outta Compton," he helps with "Easy Does It," he's a he contributes to the "Chronic" and you know, and by Dino and and "Doggy," you know, he worked on "Doggy Style," so you just look at this, just the career, you know. I just think um, <laughs> it's a, it's a career that's that's not as appreciated as it should be, and it's, if you t- take all that into totality, the DOC is extremely influential in the hip hop game. Extremely influential, and anyone who's a fan of West Coast music has to uh, give DOC his props and his credit for what he did for the game. For the West Coast, just for hip hop as a whole. And even though at some point he he and Dr. Dre weren't on best terms, you see, DLC didn't go anywhere. Continue to help, you know, still worked with Snoop, you know, continue also to make music as well. So, as he began, you know, as his throat and his voice began to come back, and he discovered that he could. You know, get that voice that we knew from back in 89, 90, he could still speak in that tone. So, you say, being at the king for playing in Dallas, I definitely want to give Dallas a little love, Dallas hip hop. And even though a lot of people don't associate the DLC with Dallas, no Southern hip hop per se, you you can't deny the fact that the DLC was a major player in this hip-hop game, it and if there was a West Coast Hip-Hop Hall of Fame, someone should build that, actually. We should have a West Coast Hall of Fame somewhere, you know. You know, if we got the group Mount Westmore, we should have a West Coast Hall of Fame somewhere. But if there was a West Coast Hall of Fame, the DOC would definitely be in that Hall of Fame because of what he gave to the game. Not just with his album, like I said. Go play that, his, his, his debut album. Still one of the best albums, top to bottom that I've ever heard. I think it's a, a an undeniable classic. And then passing the game, you know, you know, using his writing ability to help, you know, ruthless records, death row records, and help you know, spur on the career of Snoop. Can't deny the you know the greatness of the DLC. So if you have any music suggestions. I don't know. Uh, something I should be listening to. Something I should go look at. Go look back and look at, and come back to you with. Shoot them. Shoot them my way. Yo. Know, you know. You know the social tags. Twitter. Mister underscore Jason Jones. Instagram. Mister Jones. LBC. i C. I'm actually planning on going back this week. And it's been five years since Drake's album Views came out. And when it came out, I honestly didn't like it. It was just, you know, I just didn't like it. It's like, oh, this is like an R&B album. I just wasn't feeling it. But I can. Continue, everyone continues to tell me the album has aged well. I should give it another try. So I may go back and listen to that this week and come back to you uh, on another episode and be that old guy who admits he was wrong and maybe the album was good. You know, because I'm not one of those guys who hates Drake or, you know, about the whole he's all about, you know, making songs for women. I'm not one of those guys, but I prefer Drake the Rapper over Drake the Singer. Just me. So, I'll I'll probably be doing that in the next week or two. I'm sure you guys are sitting on the edge of your seat waiting to hear my take on Drake. (laughs) Doubt it. So, there you got it. I appreciate you checking me out. Shout out to the Basketball Podcast Network for putting this out there for you shout out to everyone who checks me out on a somewhat regular basis irregular basis if you're just bored and happen to stumble upon this thank you very much i will be back later in the week you all be good out there y'all be strong y'all be safe and let's see what these kings got the rest of this road trip and the rest of the season all right take care y'all gone